Hey everybody, welcome back to the Triple Play Performance Podcast. This is Dr. Mike, and I am going to answer some questions today. Hopefully the last couple episodes were helpful for you. I answered a, a bunch of different questions. Um, but today, these are another batch of some popular questions that you guys have been asking me. So let me just jump right into it. The first question here is, do I think that chiropractic and acupuncture can help with fertility? Well, that's an interesting question. Not a very common question that I get. Um, I've treated a bunch of patients that have had fertility issues, and a lot of them have had really good success, and there's a lot of babies now. You know, it's a funny thing is when patients, I treat them and they've been having issues conceiving and then they come back and then they say, hey, they tell their friends, they're like, Dr. Mike got us pregnant. You know, it's like the way that it comes out just doesn't sound right, right? <laughs> I just laugh all the time when I hear that. Um, so if you guys use this advice and then you do conceive, do not say that Dr. Mike got you pregnant. That just doesn't come off right. Anyways. Back to the question is, do I think that chiropractic acupuncture can help with fertility? And the answer is yes, but there's a caveat to that. A lot of people think that, you know, I can just go and get adjusted or just use acupuncture and then miraculously fertility will increase. Now, there's there's specific reasons that it it occurs. And one of the big reasons is, is because of stress and, and um you know, this is going to answer us a couple of the other questions that people have uh, talking about stress and the effects of stress upon your body. And you guys can go and look at some of the videos that I've put out that I talk about stress. But when the body is underneath stress, there's three things that happens that were the three systems that basically don't work effectively. One is your reproductive system. Second one is your digestive system. And the third one is your immune system. Because if you look at it, if you're running away from a tiger, the last thing that you need to be doing is eating food, making a baby, and fighting off a cold. So your body takes the energy that it uses for those systems and then re reestablishes or, or, or redistributes that to your brain and the muscles. So your heart starts pumping more blood to get the blood flow to your brain, and then you uh, get tighter muscles. That's also one of the reasons why when people are experiencing stress or anxiety, they, their arms and legs feel tingly is because they're actually losing circulation to the limbs and it's all going centralized. So here's what happens with a chiropractic adjustment. A chiropractic adjustment, if done correctly, will decrease the stress response and help the nervous system to get normalized and get back to, you know, get back to homeostasis. And in this process, the, the stress response, you know, is no longer active. So now the body can utilize the energy toward, instead of going to the brain and to the muscles, it will utilize the energy back towards digestion, hormones, reproductive hormones, and also your immune system. So did the chiropractic adjustment help with fertility or 
did it decrease the stress response or, or basically shut off the stress response that's going on in your body, the alarm response, and then the body helped to rebalance? Well, you know, basically, a lot of people think that chiropractic adjustments or something like that, it, what, you know, what it does is you do something and then it cures you know, an ailment. And in actuality, it doesn't do anything of that. All it does is remove an interference so that the body can heal itself. Now, if an ailment goes away, it's not because of the adjustment that was delivered. You know, contrary to what a lot of chiropractors will say, it's not the case. You're normalizing the body's neurological functioning. You know, so if you look back and into the annals of chiropractic, they always talk about that the subluxation is the cause of disease. And I've done, I've done a few um, podcast episodes on that, stating how the, you know, you look at the entire body, and if there's a subluxation that's impeding optimal neurological functioning, then you won't have optimal organ functioning. And when that occurs, then you get all kinds of dysfunction and disease. So when you remove the subluxation, the body can now function how it's supposed to. So it can improve digestion. It can uh, normalize hormones, takes the stress off the immune system. So the immune system can get back to normal instead of it being suppressed. So there's a lot of controversy when you know people looking at chiropractic and saying that it all it does is it helps neck pain and low back pain and and I've seen so many cases where um, things were helped with a chiropractic adjustment and a lot of people think that a chiropractic adjustment is a simple thing and it's not you know trust me go out there and ask one of your friends to go and try and adjust your neck it's an art and it's a skill. And not all adjustments are delivered the same. You know, trust me, I've been adjusted by many people and no two adjustments or, or no, no two doctors will adjust exactly the same. So hope that answers that question. Next question is, what are my thoughts on colloidal silver as a daily supplement? Now, a lot of people, if you don't know what colloidal silver is, you guys can go and look it up. But basically, it's it's touted as being like an, like an antibacterial, antiviral, antimicrobial uh, people take it to uh, boost their immune system and keep them from getting sick. Uh, it's been used for decades now and very successful. I've used it um, a bunch of times. You may have seen cases where people have taken it f for longer periods of time and may have actually turned blue. So the answer to that is, what are my thoughts on colloidal silver as a daily supplement? Well, colloidal silver is not an essential nutrient. So in the sense of supplementation, you don't need, need it. But in the sense of are you trying to protect or uh, help enhance your immune system, uh, I don't necessarily agree. You know, I, I, I look at colloidal silver as more of a therapeutic intervention rather than a supplement. So, you know, when I when when I use the word supplement, I'm looking at something that's essential to function in your body. Um, a therapeutic agent like colloidal silver is something that you use on occasion if you need it to aid your body in, you know, into clearing out an infection or 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 boosting function in, in for a short period of time. So as far as it using as a, as a daily supplement, no, I don't agree with that. 
All right, next question. What are my thoughts on adaptogenics to heal adrenal issues? Well, this is a very common question that I get, and it's a very common issue that's talked about and, and, and marketed in the natural health communities. You know, you, I see all these blog posts and I see all these health gurus talking about adrenal fatigue and heal your adrenal fatigue. And so many people are coming into my office already talking about, I have adrenal fatigue and I'm taking all these adaptogens to help with that. And the problem is that a lot of it isn't helping. And there's a misnomer that's, that's been propagated about adrenal fatigue. And I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty as that until, you know, I started diving in and looking at the research. And we need to go back and start, start looking at, well, how did all of this start? Well, it started with the research of Hans Selye when he looked at the physiological effects of stress. And, you know, if, if FEMA was around when he was doing his experiments, uh, he would have got like thrown in jail or some type of Twitter um, campaign would have gone against Hans Selye because this guy would basically, short of torturing a rat, a lab rat, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that he did basically to induce a stress response. You know, he dunked them in cold water, burned them, starved them, put them in um, extreme conditions to see how the body would respond to those types of extraneous amounts of stress. And then what he did is through different cycles of the stress um, stress response, he would dissect the, the rat and then look at the adrenal glands. And then he noticed the specific pattern that was occurring. And then through this experiment, he coined the term general adaptation syndrome, where he saw that there were a couple different stages of the general adaptation syndrome, where you had enlargement, and then you had uh, sustained you know, growth, and then it went to a, a state of where the, the organ basically started shrinking and not functioning properly. And this is where the idea of adrenal fatigue came into play. Now, when you talk about adrenal fatigue or any type of adrenal issues with um, an allopathic practitioner, uh, a medical doctor, they don't register what you're talking about. Because when, whenever you talk about the adrenals, it's being looked at from a standpoint of pathology, either, either having um, hyperadrenia or hypoadrenia. One is called Addison's disease. The other one is Cushing's disease. Then the functional medicine community came in and says, no, no, no. You know, there are other stages before Addison's and Cushing's disease. Um, you have these different stages of adrenal fatigue that's happening. And this was to account for why so many people are suffering from chronic fatigue issues or fibromyalgia. Somebody needed to point the finger at somebody, and that was the adrenals. And a lot of times, this is not the case. What, I, what I've seen in clinical practice is that the majority of our patients that come in with self-diagnosing with adrenal fatigue has nothing to do, or nothing close, I should say, nothing close to what they think and what they've been told about adrenal fatigue. Contrary to that, what, what's happening is that they're going through what's called a hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. It's an interplay between the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, and the adrenals. 
and how they talk to each other. So what's supposed to happen is that you observe a stress, stressful event and the hypothalamus tells the pituitary gland, hey, there's something going on. We need to secrete adrenal corticotrophin hormone, ACTH. And ACTH goes down to the adrenal glands and tells the adrenal glands, hey, you need to be um, secreting a stress hormone. We are encountering a stressful event. Then what's supposed to happen is that if the adrenals make enough of the stress hormone, then it kicks back to the brain and says, we don't need to produce, or you don't need to tell me to produce any more of the stress hormone, and it's supposed to shut off. Now, typically what happens to most people is that the communication between the three glands, the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenal, starts to get a little bit, a little bit shaky. And the adrenal glands either don't produce enough or they produce too many hormones or the the pituitary gland is not producing enough stimulating hormone that's usually what happens in the case now over a long period of time you let a, a highly stressful event occur what then happens is that the the excess amount of hormones being produced like cortisol um, will go back and actually cause damage to the brain and it'll cause damage to the, the HPA axis. So you get an aberrant stress response. So instead of your body being able to respond to a stressful event without being negatively affected, anytime a stressful event happens, your body cannot respond to the stressful event. Therefore, you feel that fatigue or you feel that drain in your body because you needed to put out an extra amount of energy just to deal with that stressful event. This is what a lot of people deem as adrenal fatigue. Now, here comes adaptogens. Adaptogens are great. You know, you got stuff like rhodiola, ashwagandha. Now, what the adaptogen is, is if Say, you know, we're, we're talking about the adrenals. If the adrenal is in a state of hypoadrenia, then it'll boost it back up. If it's in a state of hyperadrenia, it'll bring it back down. Basically trying to keep everything level. The real reason why it even works that way. You get a little bit more esoteric when I start talking about this, but it's basically you are getting the, the effects of sunlight. So basically when you're eating Stuff like ashwagandha, rhodiola, you are getting a concentrated form of sunlight, to put it, you know, to put it in, a, in a simple terms. Because when you look at the HPA axis, it's under control from this thing called the SCN, the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And the suprachiasmatic nucleus is what tells your body it's daytime or nighttime and the, the amount of light and the type of light that's getting stimulated in your body. And according to the light is what, is what happens in your body, the hormones that's happening in your body. So during the morning time, you are supposed to have a different hormonal profile than the evening time, okay? So in the morning, predominantly you have a lot of cortisol. Towards the evening, you're supposed to predominantly have a lot of melatonin. And this goes according to the day and night cycles. Now, if you have highly stressful events and th that rhythm is off, what we call your circadian rhythm, then you get this mismatch of information going into the body. So 
you get a stressful event and then the body has been going haywire and not knowing the difference between day and night or it's been in day too long not enough night then what happens is that your body slowly is unable to respond this is a very long answer to this question but it's it's something that i need a lot of people to understand because people start talking about adrenal fatigue and adrenal issues and then they all they do is they do patchwork stuff you know they they can taking all these adaptogenics and um, glandulars well and, and that has a place by the way it has its place but it's not doing anything specific to get to the root of the problem and that's why i see a lot of patients come in and they've been on these adaptogens for years and when they get off of the adaptogens they feel worse it's because they didn't do anything to actually get to the root cause of the problem and then once we start addressing the root cause of the problem they don't necessarily have to go on the adaptogens anymore. So adaptogens, I believe, should be used in, for a short-term use. You know, maybe you, you're you going through a stressful event right now, and adaptogen will actually help curb that stressful response. But as far as a long-term solution, no, you got to actually got to get back and look at, well, what in your body is still triggering that stressful response, and how do we get back to normal? And where I start every single patient is by balancing out circadian rhythms. That's an answer to that. And that that is also the answer to this other question of the 3 p.m. crash happens every day. That has to do with the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis and it being out of balance. So your body has a difficult time and dealing with stress and it doesn't know what time of day it is. So your circadian rhythms are all off. So that answers that question along with, oh, oh, there's another one. I'm reading through my list here. There's another one of chronic pain. Adrenal issues, the the 3 p.m. crash, and chronic pain all line the same boat of the HPA axis being all wacko. All right, guys, um, that's pretty much what I got for this episode of answering some of your questions. Keep those questions coming, guys. I love all these questions and, you know, I want to make sure that I'm delivering the content that you guys want to hear. So you guys asking me the questions really makes, you know, you part of this podcast. And if you want to ask any questions, one of the easiest ways to do it is going on my Instagram at triple play doc. So you find me on Instagram if you're not already following me. If you are, all you got to do is make message me there and ask me a question and say, hey, doc, can you answer this on the next pod, uh, Q&A podcast? And then I'll make note of that and then I'll answer it on the next Q&A podcast. But I thank you guys for listening in. Now, if you guys have any interest in working with me, I highly recommend, you know, you doing this as far as just, you know, what we want to do is set up a free consultation. What I offer anybody is if you're lost, you know, you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, you're lost on, on your health journey, you just need help, set up a free 20 minute consultation with me and I'll sit down with you and look at what's going on. And then we can kind of see, I can kind of show you exactly what it is I do to help patients. And if it's a fit for you and if you're fit for me. And then from there, I can show you the different programs that you that I would recommend for you, which would best help you to get the result that you want. So all you got to do is go to www.tripleplayperformance.co forward slash online consulting. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, but you guys got the link there. And you guys are going to uh, see a, a webinar replay. And the webinar replay goes over the three biggest mistakes that I see patients making and 
I'd recommend that you guys watch that webinar. It's chock full of information, but it'll also give you a smaller glimpse of what I do and how I coach, how I coach, you know, our If you enjoy this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Connect with me on Instagram at TripleBlayDoc. Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the entire world. Till the next episode.